Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast, with Clamp and Cougar. I'll wait till it's 20 seconds, one. Welcome back to the epitome of suffering that is, the That's Facts Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Cougar, whenever you want to call me with me today, as always. I have my wonderful, stu- stupendous, um, extraordinary, and fantastic co-hosts, Clamp and Connor, and we are back. Um fun episode um disappointing results for a couple of us this past weekend but um still some great news that came out of the weekend for all of us so um actually i i'm gonna take the reins here and get the the first thought um spotify rap numbers dropped today for the podcast and y'all showed your asses um (laughs) just (laughs) top episode this year was uh the Pac-2 Championship Week, the one that we did um, prior to the Oregon State and Washington State game. Um, see, our most shared episode was Jackson's Week. I think that was after we beat Oregon State. Um, and, and some of the stats, 76% of our listeners uh, discovered our podcast in 2023. Um, we went up plus 200% in listeners this year. Went up plus 476% in total streams this year, plus 34% in followers, and we went up 20% in terms of um, podcast minutes, so we were much more consistent this year. Um, 59% um, of our new listeners joined for the first time this year. Um, so 55, 59% of our listeners that had us um, as one of their top 10 podcasts were brand new listeners, um, is, is what that number is. Um and 10 of y'all, we were your top podcasts. And so um, some really cool stuff, and we, we really appreciate it. It seriously means a lot because, um, you know, we we do it because we have fun doing it. We love it. Um, no monetary gain, no, um, you know, uh, no, like, power-hungry, you know, move or anything like that. Like, we just do it because we love it. Um, and you guys uh, seem to share that love, and and, and seriously, that can't go um, understated how much that means to us. So, um, thank you, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, um, and, and and really, all three of us, thank you. Clamp, I'll, clamp! I'll let you give your segment, your 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 little opening thought, and I'll, I'll give Connor the the floor because he's got a lot to talk about as well. All right, yeah, um, yeah, of course, it's. As Connor would call it, cryptic tweet time, which mm-hmm. means the time where a lot of news is dropping in um, college football as in regards to the transfer portal, coaches switching sides, uh, money going around in the um, college college football world right now, a lot of tampering going on in the college football world. Um, we got a crystal ball today for Tobias Merriweather. The portal doesn't open until December 4th. <laughs> so... That, that's not good. Um, we, we should probably have asked Tom Lloyd to wait on that one. Um, yeah. Um, feeling good about the game Friday. It's going to be a fun one. Um, yeah. I'm ready to go. Uh, should, I get, should I get started on the, on, on the go, coach stuff go, now? Just go straight in. Just go. All right. Uh, Friday. I got noticed that Coach Smith, there was a good chance he was leaving Friday morning. Um, I'm like, okay, it's probably. I mean, I 
I, I expect the team to show more effort in a game against your rivals ranked game. It's on Fox. It's it, it, it's a, it's a Friday night game. Everyone's watching. And they come out extremely flat footed. I'm like, huh, this isn't a good sign. There was no child's drive on the on the third drive of the game. No, no child's drive at all whatsoever. Charles didn't take a snap in the entire game from what I saw. Um, I was like, huh, that's two things that I've noticed that are really, really off. And then by the end of Friday night, as I was driving into Corvallis, there were reports of how Smith accepted the Michigan State job and it'll be announced Saturday morning. Smith denied that, which is funny. Uh, and then Saturday morning, it's announced that Smith has taken the Michigan State job. And what's funny about this is the way Coach Smith handled it. He has been a savior of this program for a solid like five, six years. He's been the guy who's, who took us from the worst Power 5 team in the country to a back-to-back top 25 seasons. He's been the guy who's he, – he was the only guy who wanted this job. He was the only guy who could have taken this job and ran with it and did what he did. And I will ever, I will forever be grateful for what he did for this program, what he did for the athletic department, what he did for all the staff that we have, what he did to get these players in an Oregon State uniform and represent Beaver Nation. What I am not grateful for is the way he left. He told the team before the game on Friday, right? He The day before the game, which makes it even worse, he said, and which I would, quote, which would have been Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah, Thanksgiving, he told the team that he was leaving. And this is what this is what some of the players have told me. He said, let's lock in for one more game. How the fuck are you going to say that? When you are literally on the private jets to East Lansing right after the game is over. And we have two more games left in the season, bitch. We have two. The bowl game right after. It's ridiculous. You can't handle a situation like that. You can't treat these players who gave it all for you on the field, who trust you with their with their academic and football playing career, and just do them this dirty. I understand it's a business, but damn. Um. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a a player group more heartbroken than when Smith left. But a couple of days later, our DC Trembray is elevated to the head coaching spot after interviews with other guys such as Paul uh, Paul Christ, uh, uh, Brian Harson was oh, an interview God. as well. Uh, uh, Coach Brennan, I forgot his last name. It was it's, it's Brenton Brennan, I think, from yeah. San Jose State, which actually State, it was yeah. a former uh, OSU guy. Um, That's not bad. No, That's not bad. bad at all. I actually would have wouldn't have minded him. Uh, uh, Odom at UNLV was also another guy interviewed Very as well. Odom. Interesting. Um, He's turned his life around a little bit, but I don't know if he yeah. wants to come back to Power Five. He yeah. said it like he struggles um, drinking issues or something. He's turned his career around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, the things that happened at Missouri with Barry Odom. <laughs> it's his life, bro. He turned his life around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we hired a bunch of guys, but at the end, Trent Bray, uh, our defensive coordinator, was hired as the head coach. And I have never seen a more positive, more like supported, more heartwarming reaction to a hire than I have seen this one. It was amazing how the how the players were able to react to good news, some of the best news they've heard in a minute. 
that a coach that loves this team, that loves the players, that loves this, that loves this organization, that loves this this town, Corvallis. He he he's a he, he. I mean, he played he played football here. He grew up in Pullman, but he played football here. Um, he is an Oregon State man, and he is the perfect guy to take over the job. And I cannot be happier. Uh, coach. Uh, Kefens Heisen will be the interim head coach for the bowl game. He's our wide receiver slash passing coordinator, um, which is fine. I mean, I, I don't think Coach Bray could coach the game due to some contract stuff, and I don't know. I've never really got a full answer on that, but um, Coach Bray is not going to be our head coach for the bowl game, but he will be right after. Uh, I don't even know if he'll be at the bowl game, regardless who we play, but that's that's besides the point. Um, no players have left yet. No players have left the team. Um, which is a good sign, really. I mean, I, I know some will, um, but they want to finish out the bowl game. They want to finish out the, the season as a team. They want to rally around this. And the culture that's been stepping up is something that is consistent with Oregon State. We are a culture. We're not, we're not real. Nobody on the team is really fake besides you-know-who. Um, nobody on the team really kind of is going to leave like that. And I just love what's being built here. And I know the portal opens on the fourth. I know there's going to be some guys leaving. I know it's going to be this and that. And there's going to be a lot thrown around. Um, particularly, uh, everyone everyone has – I got five DMs today asking me where Aiden Childs is going. Why do people think I have any clue? I don't know. Uh, Aiden Childs has no idea where he's going. So why would I know? Um, he – He's an 18-year-old kid with so much on his mind, and I think you'll just need to let him make a decision for himself. Uh, Michigan State has no quarterbacks on the roster now. All three of them left. Does that concern me? Yeah, a little bit. Um, But, um, yeah, uh, Coach Smith did end up taking uh, our offensive coordinator. Uh, He took our DB's coach. He took our running back's coach. He took our OC. I'm glad he took our OC. Lindgren is not a good OC. Have fun with that MSU. Um, he took our, he took our, he took one of our recruiting assistants and he took our strength coach. So we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of staff. We have a lot of staff to go get. We have a lot of, um, work to do in the coaching area, but I have full faith that Trent Bray can make something out of this and can bring some guys who can lead this team to greater pastures and with the schedule coming out relatively soon i really hope they can come out soon so i can have an idea when we're playing and who we're playing and the players can too um i'm i'm just super excited for the future man i'm yapping a little bit but a lot's been going on (laughs) no it's 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 worthy you Um, you have earned this I was just going to say one more thing. Damian Martinez, for the 100th time, it feels like, has clarified that he's staying. I don't know how many times he has to do it. 247 Sports posts the article that he's staying. The Oregonian posts the article that he's staying. Rivals has. And even himself has posted five times that he's staying, and everyone keeps asking him. Everyone keeps asking if he's staying, and, and he's like, "It's not going to bother me." Like, I, I asked him about it the other day. Like, he's he said, "It's not going to bother me," because obviously, college football fans are hungry they're always like they they always just want like a for sure answer for themselves yeah. And yeah. no matter how much money yeah. is going to be thrown at him he's not going to leave and it's just amazing to see like like and and that's gonna be big because if he stays 
a lot of people are going to follow him. Dame is a leader in that running back room. Dame is a guy that people like to follow, and I hope he sets a good example. Yeah. Right. Uh, a type of player that yeah. everyone – I mean, they, they'll feel like they can win with Damian Martinez still on the roster and hopefully one of the two quarterbacks. So yeah. a lot of people will follow and think that they can still win to Oregon State next year. Um, do we even want to recap the game Oregon State played? I mean, no, I, no. I, 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 I mean, don't even think we have to. I mean, I Bo mean, Nix again, played amazing again. Um, yeah. on the I'll, I'll kind of recap the Oregon side. Bo Nix played amazing again. Tez Johnson was all over the field making catches. Bo had a crazy throw to Troy Franklin. I mean, it, I mean, it, it looked like a team who had a coach that told the team that he's going to leave before the game, and that's yeah. what it was. So. I mean, that's what happened. Um, are any of these games even worth recapping? <laughs> I did not watch any of these games except for the Apple Cup. The Apple Cup is 1,000% worth recapping. I did yeah. watch a lot of these games, so if you want me to get recaps, I can. I mean, yeah, we can we can go through them quickly. I wasn't able to because I was on the road slash at the Iron Bowl, but going back through and and, and catching what I could, and I was able to watch the the Cal and UCLA game, which is a horrible football game. Uh, we can we can start from the top and just kind of you know go through. Okay. Um, Want to start with the Apple Cup? Just get it through. Sure. Um, Fantastic performance. Yeah, fantastic performance from the Cougs um, off the top. Um, Cam Ward, another tremendous performance. Nakia Watson, 64 yards on the ground. Oh, my God. Um, Washington State's uh, playmakers on the outside continue to be effective. Um, I said that's what they were going to have to do before the game. Um, They're going to have to be effective downfield. Um, That's exactly what they were. Josh Kelly. Eight receptions for 106 yards. Lincoln Victor, 11 receptions for 88 yards. Guy Williams, five catches for 85 yards, including just a beautifully executed touchdown pass at the front byline. Um, Washington State's playmakers did what they had to do. Cam Ward put them in positions to win. Um, and the defense did a lot of the same. They, they Defensively, we were amazing in this game. Washington, uh, one of the best offenses in the entire country, only scoring 24 points on their home field um, in, a, in, a, you know, in a rivalry game. The way that they performed was just absolutely tremendous. Um, picked off Michael Penix once um, on a beautiful play from, uh, from Jaden Hicks, a ball that was pretty perfectly thrown. I mean, you really couldn't put it anywhere else. Um, unless you want to throw it there. right yeah I mean unless you want to throw it out of bounds like it was it was where it had to be for the ball to be completed and Jaden Hicks just went in and snatched it um, just one of those plays where you just got to go and get it um, in a game like this and Jaden Hicks made it happen um, Washington State did turn it over twice which has been really um, the one thing that has held them back in terms of their offense during this stretch um, I, I this or, well, during the stretch that they lost six in a row, um, the turnovers, man, they were really untimely and they were always really detrimental. Um, UCLA game was the start of it. He had two really bad ones. Um, really inefficient game against both Stanford and Cal. Um, but this, this is another one of those games where he turned the ball over, um, give Washington extra possessions, 
something that you can't do, especially with the way that your defense have been playing all game, um, turning the, turning the ball over, and then it turning into um, a touchdown, and then a, a, a three and out. Um, you, you can't do that. Um, so then it ended up being a big difference. Um, late in this game, Washington State had to punt the ball away. Um, Washington gets it. Cougs force um, a fourth and one after a third down run for Dylan Johnson, in which he goes nowhere. Um, Washington pulls out one of the deepest, baggiest plays you will ever see. Um, a reverse uh, fake handoff to Dylan Johnson with a reverse to, to Romo Dunze. Um, he gets an open field, runs for uh, 23 yards um, in a play that many have looked at the action on the inside of it and said, maybe that's a hold, but... Yeah, I, I don't know who, but there was a guy who took down a Cougar player. But it's one of those where it's a crackback block, where, which is also not legal, but um, where it's like... With Rome running with his momentum going the opposite way, does that guy make the play anyways? Absolutely Probably. not. But uh, I, I just but it's at one the of same because that guy's crashing in on the Dylan Johnson run too, um, right? But at the same time, it's like you can't miss that as a ref, and right. I thought that was a bad no call. And then Michael Penix tried to throw interceptions from then on out, just um, absolutely trolling at the end of this game. Um, this is a case of, of one team really wanting to win, but not really, and then the other team not wanting to win. <laughs> it was two teams that were trying their hardest to not win um, at certain points in this game. And, and um, Washington was just able to make it happen. Um, it was one of those games that ended up coming down to who has the last possession. Um, Cougs had that opportunity to have that possession, uh, but ended up having to give it back um, after after um, a sack that Cam took. I believe it was a sack um, on that drive that ended up making it a, a fourth and long. Um, and so, yeah, that ended up being all she wrote, really. Um, no, really it was second couldn't... and two at R44, and there was a holding penalty. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you really you couldn't ask for much else, man. Um, an incredibly well played game for Washington State. They it's the hardest game that they've played probably all season when it comes to their effort. Uh, they played well. They wanted to win. They cared. Um, they did what they could. Um, it's just sometimes you get outmatched, and that's really what it came down to. Lincoln Victor, man, that kid is tremendous. What a career he had at Washington State. Um, coming in as a transfer from Hawaii, um, an under-the-radar guy, not really um, considered much. He, he had 22 catches in 2021, but for 296 yards and two touchdowns, um, a weapon on special teams in 2022, um, had a few more touches, but uh, he was hurt throughout a lot of 2022. Um, but this year, just unreal. 89 receptions, 860 yards, five touchdowns, the most consistent player on that offense, uh, probably, you know, obviously outside of Cam. Um, he would, I, I think he's obviously besides Cam again, uh, Lincoln Victor's got to be the, uh, the, the MVP of that offense, man. He was absolutely tremendous all year. Um, 
he was the thing that kept the group together on offense and special teams throughout the season. And um, just what a player, man. Shout, shout out Lincoln Victor. Uh, what an incredible career for him. So quick quick Vic shout out and, and clamp. I'll, I'll let you do what you need to do. And and obviously, I, I did it on my page, but uh, Ron Stone Jr., Brendan Jackson, man, those guys. Wow. You know, what else needs to be said? Uh, Ron Stone Jr., nine total tackles and a tackle for loss in his final game. Brendan Jackson got a sack and a tackle for loss. Um, those two dudes, Coog legends, man, uh, nothing short of it. Um, just, yeah, thankful for those guys and what they did for the program. It was really great stuff, man. All right. Um, this was an exciting Apple Cup, one of the most exciting Apple Cups really ever. Um, both teams came in with something to play for. Um, Washington, of course, for um, with the college football playoffs committee watching you with a close eye. And next week, you wanted to play well in this game, and I said that last week. We, I really want us to play well in this game. And we didn't. Um, we did not play well. Um, and that's not – I'm glad Jackson said it because, I mean, I wanted to say it. Um, Washington State also played really well. I don't want to take that away from Washington State, and I don't want to talk uh, – there's a lot of talk about how Washington State's a 5-7 and seven team and Washington should have blown them out. Washington State is – better than your regular five and seven team. This is a team that was 13th in the country that had a shot to have a really good season just through that six game losing streak really forgot how to win football games um, is the kind of um, key factor there, especially against ASU Stanford and Cal. They just really forgot how to win um, played with those teams, but they played to their level and then, found a way to lose um so this was a team that was coming to seattle with the ability to win um and i did not think this game would be as close as it was but i also wasn't shocked to see that it was um the way washington's played lately every game really has been close no matter the opponent because we have played to our opponent's level recently um it was good to see Thad Dixon get a lot of reps at the outside corner spot where Elijah Jackson struggled, and he played really well, um, Thad did, um, especially after – so Thad had a pick in the first half, but Elijah Jackson gave up that touchdown to Kyle Williams down the sideline on a third and eight – on a third and 19, it says here. Um, and that was kind of where we pulled the plug on Elijah Jackson. Um, no more. And I think he'll start the Pac-12 championship, but it's clear that he's on a short leash. Of course, coming out of halftime and Penix throwing that interception, it was like, man, we were just up 14-7 to with a minute left in the first half. We give up that third and 19 touchdown, and then we come out and throw an interception. Um, but the defense got a very important stop right out of that, um, where Cam Ward was sacked twice in a row, um, once by Lance Holtzclaw, by the way. His first sna- and only snap of the game was a sack. Um so shout out to Lance Holtzclaw. Dean Janikowski missed a field goal in this game. It was a 50-yarder, though, so can't blame him too much there, but you would have loved to have that, I think, if you're Washington State. Um, and you can't really leave points on the board, um, especially when Washington gets a short field and goes right down and scores a touchdown. Uh, Jack Westover had another big diving catch in this game. Um, he has become a 
star really for this team, um, which is weird to say because he um, hasn't been he he hasn't been a star in his UW career before, but now he certainly has become one. Um, Washington off the second pick of Cam Ward, which was by Michaela Steen, had a really disappointing drive where. DJ ran for seven yards on first down and still ends up being a three and out, um, which led to a bad punt by Jack McAllister in a 65-yard touchdown drive where Dom Hampton, oh my God, he jumped over the line on a field goal. Uh, He jumped over the line and committed a personal foul on a field goal, basically handing Washington State – four points because they went on to score that Lincoln Victor touchdown. Um, that was a heck of a play, Dom. <laughs> God damn. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it came down to it, we got the ball at the 10 yard line. Penix made a couple big time throws to Bernard and Odunze. And of course we had the Rome Odunze run. It was a pretty bad roughing the passer call on uh, Kyle Thornton, was it? Um, that put it first down at the 27 um, of Washington State, which I thought, yeah, I thought that was a pretty bogus call. It was a completion, I believe, a first down anyways on that play. Um, but the extra 15 ended up being quite crucial um, to getting into field goal range. Um the sack penalty. Yeah, okay, it was it was Calvin. Yeah, so then it's first down at the Wazoo sixteen, and we pass three straight times. Um, once to Rome, and Rome broke it up from being intercepted by Jamori Colson, who played a whale of a game on the outside there. Sure um, did. He played. To Clint, before you continue, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I, I also predicted it would be very good for us to see. But you can get there. Yeah. Um, he, I, as well, but um, I thought with Chow Smith weighed out, um, I thought you guys would really struggle to guard Romo Dunze, which, I mean, you did, but you didn't. I mean, yeah. could, I honestly thought. Because um, Rome was on a level where um, if he um, wasn't playing good defensive backs that made a ton of plays, he could have had 204 touchdowns in this one. He was on something this game. Um, and that's either with the ball in his hands or on a back shoulder throw from Penix. You know, Penix has been a little off lately, but that back shoulder is still working for him. Um, even the one to Polk, the pick, was really a good throw, um, which – um, I mean, I guess that's good to see, <laughs> um, that we still have something that works, um, going in, um, uh, but we're going to need a lot more than one thing that works against Oregon. We're going to need to be able to be multiple and didn't really show that in Jalen Polk again, no catches, um, the second straight week where Jalen Polk does not record a catch. Jalen McMillan had five. Most of them were behind the line of scrimmage, and he just got like a few yards on all of them. But um, even just having that little safety valve helps with Penix's efficiency a little bit. So um, he needs to be able to do that against Oregon a little more consistently and also get down the middle of the field against Oregon. That's where I think they're susceptible to be beat. Um, 
Shout out to our seniors as well. They there were a ton of them. Of course, Penix. Um, I kind of considering Romo Dunze a senior because he will be in the NFL. Um, I want to be in the NFL. Yeah, of course, Polk and McMillan. You could really go either way on whether they're going to declare or not. Um, the NFL loves Jalen Polk, but I don't know if that's holding up the way he's played lately. Um, but um, I saw someone compare him to Brandon Lloyd, and I thought that was a pretty. Um, Pretty strong comp there. Um, Jack Westover, of course, a senior. Devin Culp's kind of a meme, but he, he's given us his best effort. Um, uh, Eddie Ulifoscio, I love him. Um, Zion, of course. Um, both of them were phenomenal players before their injuries, but... Um, you know, they've kind of simmered down in recent years. Of course, Eddie had a great year this season. Um, but especially Zion. I wonder what Zion could have been if he never tore his Achilles um, in 2021. Yeah, 2021. Gotta love it. Um, I believe Jabbar Muhammad can come back, so I'm not going to count him yet. Um, I don't think he will have to, though. Um, Jabbar Muhammad's put some very good tape. Uh, same goes for Braylon Trice. I think Braylon Trice is definitely going to declare for the draft. Sure, um, I, I don't. Sure. I, I definitely think he will. Um, <laughs> Muhammad's been super, super good lately. Like he's been definitely one that scouts are looking at, especially when it comes to man coverage. Yeah, yeah. It really. Does I, I hope he just follows it. Troy honestly this week. I know Tez Johnson's really good too, but um, nah, he, he, I think. I think Jabbar Muhammad on, on Troy Franklin's the matchup that you that you've got to look for. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing where we can. I, I that's the one way to neutralize Troy. If he goes against any of our other corners, I don't think that's I don't think that's a winning formula. Um, Especially Elijah Jackson. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> Why is he still in games? I don't know, man. It's not oh, looking bro. good for Elijah Jackson. This I mean, is like 2019 Alex Austin bad. <laughs> yeah, but see that, it but is. See, look, Alex Austin got really good, though. Yeah, True, and Jackson got worse. He's not, not an old player. Yeah, Elijah's got to give Elijah a chance, bro. No, I, just not this week. Yeah, not this <laughs> week. I, look, I, I will say um, – I'm really happy for Eddie Ulafoshio, the fact that he has stayed in Washington and now he's become, you know, well, really just continued to be um, the talent that, that me and Clamp uh, wrote a fanfic for. <laughs> Eddie Ulafoshio swimming across the Alaskan, uh, Alaskan Strait. And what's that? It's called the... The Pacific Ocean, Jackson. Well, no. Yeah. That would be the body of water between Alaska and Washington. I'm talking. It's the Pacific Ocean, Jackson. Ala- Dude, Jackson, Washington I'm, I'm, is on the Pacific I'm, Coast. I know, bro. I'm. What else would it be? I'm talking about like the. God damn you, man! I'm talking about like. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. to Washington. I'm sorry. He's, you, he, well, swam you were the, right. he swam the Washington and, and ate multiple polar bears on his way, and now he's <laughs> one of the best linebackers in college football. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just said killed polar bears with his bare hands. I didn't say anything about eating. He had to get food out there somehow. He had to get food somehow. Yeah. 
So yeah. Shout out Eddie Ulohoshia, man. Of course, our tackles as well. Troy Fautanu and Roger Rosengarten. This could have been their last home game as well. Um, I'm excited for the future of this program, but definitely there's a lot that we will be losing after um, after the college football playoff this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just one thing to say that this Apple Cup could be the last time we see Cam Ward in a Wazoo uniform. Yeah. I mean, potentially. Yeah, I was going to save that for the end, but I guess we can kind of get into it. Oh, Cam I'm Ward's sorry. Getting... No, you're, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. Um, Cam Ward's getting um, some some love right now is what we'll yeah. say. Do um, we even want to recap these other games? I mean, these suck. We can run through them really quick. They deserve yeah, their love, Yeah, T-Mac too. had 266 yards. I mean, I feel like that needs to be talked about. Yeah, but after I get through my, my Cam Ward spill, um, I, I, so rumored that he has gotten multiple, multiple, multiple Power 5 um, offers to, to transfer through through NIL funds of up over a million dollars. Uh, some of the schools mentioned uh, include Auburn, um, Ohio State, um, two teams that will be moving to the Big Ten, Oregon and Washington. Um, Cam's getting, getting love, and I, genuinely speaking, I w- if Cam is not in a Cougar uniform, I want him to leave and I want him to go to either Oregon or Ohio State because I think that he would flourish in, in one of those systems and he would be rich and I want to see him win. Um, and I think that he would be doing that at either of those schools. Now, I, I obviously I don't want him to leave because he is extremely talented and he would, um, he would be a guy that could honestly with Mountain West scheduling and, a probable so I guess in in this case Washington State would probably be Washington State and Oregon State would be considered a part of the group of five right for their scheduling or no not officially just because we're not in the Mountain West Conference we're going to kind of be yeah. like independent if that makes independent, any sense yeah so we're no, going to be playing we're going to be playing still pretty tough schedules just a couple of mountain team Mountain West teams sprinkled in there right but Cam Ward would be the guy. Games for you guys. No, 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 right. no, 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 no. Yeah. So Cam would be the guy that could get this team to nine wins. He could. Yeah. And I, I don't know that anybody else could come in and, and do that. So, um, look, I, I want Cam to be a coup, but if he's not, um, I want him to be in one of those two systems and make a lot of money and win a lot of football games. But because um, Cam deserves that, man. He's that type of talent, and he has um, done a, he's done really all he could do in his two years at Washington State. I mean, he's gotten hosed by a horrible offensive coordinator. Um, and in year two, we got – hosed by a team that quit after the bye week. So um, I want to see him with the winner, man. Um, that's about where I'll leave that. But, you know, we can talk about that at a later date. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, um, Arizona and Arizona State. Probably yeah, them, the, the most stat-filled game I've seen in a minute uh, for oh, this boy, Arizona man. team. Um, Noah Fafita. Uh, the biggest hidden gem of a quarterback I've seen in a minute 
Um, five tutties on the day, 527 yards, 30 out of 41 completion. He's special, dude. Um, this 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 kid can sling it. Uh, Jaden Delora not getting any pass attempts in this game makes me happy. Makes me smile. Delila. Uh, <laughs> uh, T T Mac. Uh, 266 yards off 11 catches in a tutty. Um, Jacob Cowing doing his thing too. 157 yards, nine receptions. This Arizona team is special, dude. They're gonna make some noise bowl season. Uh. Did y'all think they go? I, I've I've heard they're probably most likely to go to the Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl, yeah. Alamo um, Bowl, Arizona versus Arizona versus Oklahoma. Alamo Bowl over under one hundred forty. I'm I am watching that. I'm I'm taking the over. Eighty five to 80, 82. Arizona wins. Um, That's gonna be it. Jay- I really want to see that. <laughs> Apparently. There was rumors that Jaden Rashada, uh, although he did start, would not get the start because he was late to a team meeting. He did start. Uh, he threw for – he had 10 completions out of 22 pass attempts for 82 yards. Bro, looks like Dante Moore stat line. That is a Dante Moore stat line. Oh, my gosh. But why does Jalen Conyers have eight carries, bro? I Dude, I would love Jalen Conyers in the transfer portal at Washington. I feel like you can do a lot with him. I think the eight, I, I think the eight carries is why he left. I'm dead serious. I think he was just like, why am I here? I what am the hell are player. they doing with me? Like, no, but what? seriously, you could give him one carry and he could spring it on a trick play. He's got a lot of talent. And he entered the portal and he is – I'm excited about him. Wherever yeah, he can, goes. yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be important for a team that knows how to use him outside of eight fucking yeah. carries, man. I just, I just love, I just love he's a tremendous that can do he's, a lot of things, but yeah. um, the way Dillingham uses Scatabo to pass the ball and <laughs> and punt to run the play is just it, yeah. it's annoying. Anyway. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I really think Kenny Dillingham just tried stuff this year, which if I had a new coach, I'd rather him do that than play vanilla just because I wouldn't want I, I'd want my players and coaching staff to learn something when we're going to be bad. Um, oh, gosh, this recruiting class is terrible. I'm trying to give I'm trying to find hope. It's for over, him. bro. They're going to go in the Big 12 and be the new the new Oklahoma State, the team that I, I hate, be the but bad. They're going to be the doormat of the Big 12 for a long time unless Kenny Dillingham figures some stuff out. They did let their OC uh, – I mean, no, they didn't even let their OC go. He, their OC, oh, Bo, Bo Baldwin, just quit. Um, he, 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 he just resigned. I think AZ fans should be rejoicing after that. Um, Houston, Houston, BYU, UCS, and Arizona State. Who finishes worse? I'm going to go ASU, bro. Uh, Houston just fired their coach. I might go Houston. There's some smoke for. They might hire um, Kenny Dillingham. There's some smoke for um for uh Jesus Christ's name slipping me right now. Uh, Will Stein. Uh, There's some smoke for Will Stein in Houston. Um, that would be interesting. That basically is Kenny Dillingham. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) That'll be so tough for Oregon. Listen, their OC back to back seasons. Back to back seasons. Yeah. yeah. But they, I mean, Dan Landing's proven he can replace an offensive coordinator. 
To be fair, yeah. he's also got one of the most like cerebral quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah. I mean, trying to replace Oregon, Oregon is, is going to be, Oregon is gonna be big in the portal this year, even though they have a lot of yeah. young talent and young yeah. recruits coming in. I think they might just want a guy who is old enough to step in. Yeah, yeah, because I think right. Oregon seeing Oregon seeing this is the, is their window to go win a championship, and they should because mm-hmm. I, I think that now is the time um, with the way that their recruits have been trending, the amount of uber talented young guys that they have on their roster currently, and the guys that they have coming in, um, going into the Big Ten and automatically having matchups that will give you that type of resume, um, and already being a win away from the playoff as we stand today. This is their window. Um and they right. got they I gotta, mean absolutely they gotta take advantage of it. I mean, yeah, um, Oregon is a national championship contender for years to come. And I can't yeah. even say that about Washington yet. Um yeah. I the way that they recruit kind of guarantees that they will be in the mix. They can beat teams like Michigan and Ohio State, um, which is gonna make the big I, I thought Oregon being and USC being added. We'll see what happens with USC, but those two being added to the Big Ten really makes the fun of the league go skyrocket. Um, yeah. I I think um, just Michigan and Ohio State have not been challenged before they played each other. I right. mean, Penn State's tried, but that's not USC or Oregon as a program. Um, no. And and they have not. Penn State has proven to not be able to do anything but go ten and two with losses to Michigan and Ohio State every right. year. Yep. Um. Yeah. yeah I Speaking mean, of teams that are changing conferences, Colorado and Utah in the Big Twelve preview. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> this wasn't a typical Colorado Utah game. Uh, Luke Batari and Ryan Staub were the starting quarterbacks for this game. Who may you ask? <laughs> I don't know. I I I, I don't. I, I didn't know who these guys were until they stepped on the they field. They ran the uh, ball fifty three times. Yeah, Utah ran the ball 53 times and won. Luke Batari yeah! did not throw a great game. He threw six passes for he, – he, he, he completed six passes for 61 yards. But he had two rushing touchdowns. Hey. So listen to this. Luke and Luke, Luke Batari's career stats, six, six completions, 10 attempts, 61 yards, and a long of 18 yards. Luke Batari, Luke Batari in this game. Six completions, ten attempts, sixty-one yards. This is his only game experience. Oh <laughs> this man, is his first game versus Colorado in the final game of the season. Luke Batari, um, he did enough to win, I guess. Ryan Stahl is not a good quarterback. There was uh, nobody at this game, by the way. Oh, of course. Well, <laughs> no, they folded up. 50, they did reported attendance fifty one k. Oh, I I saw pictures of the stadium. It looked pretty shallow. Seriously, okay. you're looking Maybe at you're looking the big game boomer picks, bro. Six hours oh, before kickoff. Yeah, yeah, the kick. yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Big game yeah. boomer. Look at the Oregon student section. Two minutes before game time, <laughs> it's really three hours. <laughs> the sun is still up, and they play a, a, a pack twelve after dark. <laughs> Oregon student section at kickoff. <laughs> anyway. I remember um, I sent that before the Oregon-Washington game, and he actually posted it. <laughs> Anyways, oh, uh, Utah won, Colorado lost. I guess we could talk about Colorado's future. They are losing a lot of recruits. That's not good. Um, not. You would because, hope the because... recruiting momentum would at least keep it some. 
keep I mean, Sean, Sean Lewis leaving for San Diego State head coaching job isn't really the best thing that could have happened to him. No. Uh, and it costs him a lot of momentum. Yes, yeah. Oh, God. I thought Dion – and they're going to lose Aaron Butler probably, and Dion is – they have nine commits. What are so they bad. doing? They went for the big guys. The, the, the thing about Dion that people are going to have to understand is Dion goes for hype. Um, Dion goes for guys who are a lot of the recruits Dion got committed to Colorado when they were like big, like big time recruits. These guys are still getting hit up every single day by the other coaches. It's it's not a safe game to play when you're a high profile coach like Dion and you're going after high profile recruits. It's gonna happen when the when Colorado doesn't have the NIL, they don't have the staff really to handle these recruits. They don't have um, the record, like like record wise, what they're showing on the field isn't really that impressive. And so they don't um, have they, the results yet, so it's hard to yeah. go out and go after those guys. Those respect that validity and, outside of you being Deion Sanders. And every single guy is just like, is Prime gonna be here when I'm here? Because I All could right. be committing to Colorado to show up and have Prime be in Texas or Florida in two years. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just not, it's just not gonna work. It's not um, attractive. To be fair, their defensive line recruiting is still looking good. They've got three about four-star guys here yeah. committed. but So that's a good start to that. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you need more than that. And I, I, the transfer portal think... is where, where – this year's transfer portal is where Dion's going to make or break his thing. I don't think yeah. it's over or even close to over in oh, reality. Yeah. Um, I, I think – I want to wait out what he can do in the transfer portal this year. If he can build a line through that, Oregon kind of did it. Oregon's a much higher prestige program, though. Um, but they were able to build their line pretty much through the portal and then just tagging Josh Connerly as the starting tackle. Um, they were able to do it. I don't know if Dion can scout and find a great offensive line to start next year. Uh, but they got that. That's where, where it's going to start. That's really all they need to have a fantastic offense is a great off, a good offensive line. Because then they, I think they could get Dylan Edwards to run the ball well. I think they could get. I think they have talent at running back. I just they don't do. think they they have any blocking. Um, they, they, so you know, you add you add an offensive line to this team. Colorado's already a seven win team this year, in my opinion. I really yeah. do think that Dion I and I. For the recruiting part, uh, what I'm going to say, let him hire a new OC and see what happens after that. Because right. if he hires a guy that like has a lot of like credibility and hype around him, Colorado could be back in a matter of days. It's yeah. crazy how fast the portal and recruiting things move. Aaron Butler has changed his mind like three times already in his recruitment. He could probably change it two more times if he wanted to. Um, it's just there's no such thing as 100% committed until you sign the paper. Especially in today's yeah. day, I could definitely see recruits flipping to Colorado if some good things were going to happen. So again, they're not totally down in the water or dead yet. Obviously, it's not even close. They could grab some guys in the portal and be right back and, up. And and remember, it's it's just year one, man. It's yeah. just year one. We we've got to be patient with these things. I think the new age college football has, and this is a discussion that's been had in multiple levels by a thousand different people that are ten times smarter than any of us, but. It, the the understanding is there. It's just the fact that, that people don't have the patience anymore in the era of NIL and transfer portal and, and big 
coaching contracts and, um, you know, whatever else, nobody's patient anymore. You pay a dude a trillion dollars to come to your university contract in which the athletic director later came out and said they don't even have the money to pay the man. And then he goes out and goes four and eight and loses a few of those top level recruits that he promised to bring in. You're looking at him a little cross-eyed, but then you have to remember it is year one, and you got some really good results this season if you're Colorado. Like, you have to remember that you were a 1-11 ball club 365 days ago. You were in a much bleaker spot than you are today, and not only are you trending upwards, you were going to a new conference, you were... um going to get more of a national media split. Um, you're going to get more national respect, I believe, being in the Big 12. Um, and, and you have the best cornerback in NFL history um, coaching your team. People are going to talk to, talk about you. So Colorado is not going to go anywhere in terms of, um, like I said, that national media attention. And then with that, um, the recruits are going to come, and I think the wins are going to come soon thereafter. I don't think that there's anything to, to, to trip about in terms of Colorado's position. Yeah. So that's my take. We should go ahead and get through the rest of these games for the week. Um, Notre, Dame Notre Dame beat Dame the hell out of Stanford. Stanford. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should have happened. Yards. I mean, um, Ashton Daniels didn't do anything. Uh, did Stanford for, actually go 0 7 at home? Hands, yes, they did. They did yeah. not win a single game at home. Wow, they even lost. Yeah, that's right. They even lost to Sacramento State. Yeah, Stanford 0 mm-hmm. 7 at the farm. I Justin think they Lansing, will be fine. 10 carries, 82 yards. I think Troy Taylor. <laughs> I, I have more confidence in Troy Taylor than Kenny Dillingham. Um, I said I, that earlier. I don't know if I still believe it. Really? Uh, I don't know if I believe in either of them. I think with, I, 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 yeah. I think with Stanford's education, I think with them still being in a power conference, I think they still are going to recruit some guys. I think they still definitely have a shot to be good. Yeah, yeah but I think the biggest issue with that is, man, I don't know. Like, the recruiting has always been about the same spot for Stanford. Um, it's just... I'm excited for wise, man. It's been, it's been so in and out, man. Like I don't like they don't have a quarterback. They don't have, um, like I said, an offensive identity. They don't. They try and be a Smash Mouth football teams, but it, it doesn't work. And then when they split it out, it sometimes worked. But then you remember Ashton Daniels is your quarterback, and you're like, maybe not. And then Justin Lamson is your leading rusher, and it's like. What and then EJ Smith is your leading receiver, and it's like, well, what happened to Alec Ioman? And it's just like this team is, I don't know, man. I, I, I they're weird. Um, Arizona State's even weirder. Um, I really don't like either of those programs going to their new destinations, to be honest. Um, I, I, I think I honestly I would take Cal over both of them. Um, I can't believe I, I'm agreeing with that, but yeah. I would take Cal over both of them, and I would honestly, I would, I would take Colorado over both of them. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll I think see. Utah, I think I, mean, I think out of everybody going to their new conference, Arizona is in the best position. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was, Oregon, but they're going into the tougher conference, so I'll, I'll take Arizona going into the Big Twelve, honestly. And then Utah, I think, is in a great spot. Yeah, just because 
Kyle yeah. Whittingham's still the coach. And I mean, I would even take Utah over Arizona with a healthy team. Um, I think you could. I don't think you'd be crazy, yeah. but you saw what happened on the football field this year. Arizona yeah, for sure. I, I, and like I so. said, with a healthy team. And right, right, don't forget, right, right, Utah's right. recruiting class last year was crazy. something special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they put together a beautiful class. This year, they've pretty much just not taken any recruits. So I can't even really judge it. They just don't really have a need because, really, because last year's was so good that they kind of have their young foundation to build on. Um, so um, I'm excited. I'm ex- right. They had 22 last year. So yeah, they didn't really need a big class this year. I'm excited to see Utah's future. I, I, I still think they're in a better the on-field coaching and um, all that than Arizona. But I don't think it's a crazy take to say Arizona either because Arizona's playmakers right now are young. But um, speaking of Cal, they beat UCLA in the last Pac-12 regular season game. Uh, Fernando Mendoza. How funny is that, man? Fernando Mendoza is the quarterback that that led the final Pac-12 regular season win. It's going to be a fun trivia question. And Cal, Who's Cal um, starting quarterback? right? Cal finished with a three-game winning streak, um, beating making a bowl. Yeah, they did make a bowl. They beat Washington State, um, Stanford, and UCLA all in a row. And Mendoza yeah. looked good in all three games. I mean, sure um, did. I said this earlier in the season. I really think Mendoza could be the future for Cal. Um, he he looks bright in some spots. Obviously, he still has some things to clean up. Um, right. Is he the best looking guy out there on the field? No, but he. No. I mean, he's only if he's only a freshman. I mean, he has right. so much time to correct his mistakes. And but behind Jaden Ott, who proved to. I mean, he proved all of us wrong. He's on a fraud. Full um, season, Jaden Ott, man. Twelve hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. Yeah. And he had a hundred yard kickoff return in this game. Yeah. Jaden Ott is I you know Cal next year. I, I don't think he transfers. I, I think he should. I really um, hope so. And I think I, we talked about this last said was I think he's gonna get his degree and then grad transfer if he yeah. ever transferred. And I think he's gonna if he didn't transfer last year, I think he's gonna stay on that path. Now, teams will be calling him and offering him um, a generational wealth to transfer because he is that good. But He is really um, good. And I, I don't know. if It seems like Justin Wilcox plans to stick around, and it seems like there's some momentum there. The ACC yeah. is not good, so you're going into that. Cal going 8-4 and four next year won't shock me. Yeah, yeah like, look, I, I made this point. I made this point in the chat Saturday night. Cal is going to be a very unfun team to play next season. They're not going to be fun to play because either way, you're going to be playing a team that's coming across the country with nothing to lose, but a determination to kick your ass, um, in a team that you have to go across the country to play, and they're going to play in a style that's going to be not pretty. They're going to play in a style that's going to involve multiple running backs that can beat you down. You're going to have a quarterback that's for the most part, I, I, Fernando, Fernando Mendoza had a couple of moments this season where he did have some pretty untimely turnovers, but you're going to have an offense that's, that's yeah. going to do a pretty good job protecting the ball. Um, right. You've got a head coach in Justin Wilcox that has won some games. Um, he's been a 
pretty consistently average head coach. Um, Cal's not going to be fun to play next season in a, in a conference that I that is that is worse than this year's Pac-12. So, Connor, do you know what's going on with Byron Cardwell at Cal? No, I've actually been trying to figure that out, and nothing. I've heard nothing yeah, about him. No. Part okay. of me thinks he might have retired from football. Yeah, it seems um, like it. Um, he transferred to Cal and was getting that Cal degree. Do I blame him? No, not at all. He could, could be dealing with behind the scenes injury stuff that nobody knows about. Right. But that could have been that should have been reported if it's an injury. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. But Cal, other than I mean, they did a good job in the transfer portal and on the recruiting trail last year getting um players that are gonna be there for the future. I really like Nizaya Nizea Hunter, the receiver they got last year. Um of course. Taj Davis is there. Um, they got the kid from San Diego State, Patrick McMorris, there last year. Um, they know how to get a few transfers on that team. Byron Cardwell was even a high-profile transfer before that. That's why I thought of him. Um, right. As well as uh, Noel Williams, who had that return for a touchdown on that um, against Washington State, had a really good week. Um, so they've – they find a way to get some players in the portal, and this is going to be the most active portal in college football history this year because yeah, of realignment. Um, and by the way, before we move on, uh, Kate Uluave, what an incredible game for him Saturday. Um, and and also, um, my dog, yeah, Jeremiah yeah. Hunter, what a game for him. Eight catches, 101 yards, um, and, t- and two touchdowns uh, for Cal in this game. Y'all said he was washed. He bounced back. He yeah, he was – Playing yeah. washed, but this was a game that really pulled his stats closer to last season's totals. So Clamp, we are terrible journalists. I'm a terrible journalist. We are both terrible journalists. Byron Carvel has been injured since August. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit, I just didn't, I just didn't know that. No. Um. No. And it's honestly that it only got announced by a secondary source. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm think. I mean that's what I thought. Like I, would I feel like see- I would have figured that out if there was a Cal two four seven post or something. So no. I don't Long feel bad Sports about that. Sports Illustrated posted on August second, twenty twenty three. So I honestly, yeah. that's I just like something we must have just slipped our minds. And I saw yeah. his Instagram post saying I'll be back next year. So it looks like he's actually going to play. So good for Cal. Good. Yeah, that is good. That's a good basically good pick. Jay Knott, man, that backfield. That- and and Fonse. Yeah, yeah I was Andy Fonse and uh, Williams Thomas. I doubt all of them are on the roster next year, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's a lot, but still. That's, thought of yeah, it. It's hard to keep dense positions like that um, where everybody's trying to get theirs. Lyotu Latu got an interception this game, and he's probably going to the NFL draft. Shout out to him. What a career at UCLA. What a bounce back. Again. I'm not um, saying after Washington told him he should basically quit football and die. I, I hate I hate UW doctors. They also told Amika Ameka Megwa that, and he's going to be playing at Oklahoma next season, I believe. Um, so he's going to be all right. Um, Jalen McMillan, they tr- tried to sit him out for the rest of the season, and the Seahawks doctor said, no, nah, he can play. Um, looks fine running out there. It's just a leg injury. He looks fine running out there. Um, he's gotten open oftentimes. It just feels like the time, it just feels like timing between him and Penix needs to pick back up. Um, UCLA going into the Big Ten might be, um, 
just as bad as, um, say, Stanford or ASU going into their conferences. Yeah, they could. Dante Morris is actually just so bad. Yeah, he's just not a good quarterback, dude. We defend. I, I, I sat here and defended him all season long. I figured it would get better at some point, and it never did. His footwork is horrible. He's just got terrible tendencies. He had a play in this game where he threw a check down behind the line of scrimmage behind his running back, so it counted as a fumble. Um, oh, God. Dante is yeah. just disgusting. Um, and it's going to get better. I, I really believe that because he's too talented for it to be this continuously bad. But this was a yeah. horrible freshman season for Dante Moore. It was a genuinely right. bad freshman season. Nine interceptions. He had three straight games um, with the pick six. It, 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 it was just not pretty. And it's not just, you know, the interceptions. That happens. I get it. Michael Penix has eight this season. But it's just the fact that his mechanics are so bad, bro. They're so bad. And that's also another thing that you that you get from freshmen, but it's just the way that it is so ineffective, man. It is it's it was a bad season for Dante Moore. I I, I don't want to pile on to the kid because again, he's still only eighteen right. years old. He's got a long way to go. But this was not a good season for him, man. Oh my gosh. UCLA from September twenty first to the October fifth, they have a three weeks of hell. They're at LSU, they play Oregon in the Rose Bowl, and then they're at Penn State. God fucking damn, man! And that's and early they're still in the season. Have, and they're still gonna have Chip Kelly as their head coach, bro. Yeah, and they're it's gonna over. be late in the season at Washington on November sixteenth, and USC in the Rose Bowl on the twenty third. You know, and I believe that'll be a revitalized this. USC team, but we'll see. Oh, yeah. The funniest part about this is UCLA is going to find a way to win one of those three. Yeah. If I were to guess, man, would, it, would I say LSU just because I'm curious about their quarterback situation and Chip has shown to beat LSU before? Um, I mean, unless it's at the ass crack of dawn, it's going to be hard to go in there and win. Yeah, um, it is. And oh God, at, at Washington it, I don't in November. Know, at at Penn State, at Penn State in one of those ugly football games. I I don't know, man. You see uh, can they win that, that game though? Can they fly across the country and beat Penn State? After Oregon just kicked them. Man, that's a terrible slate. They might go 0-3. I think they might, bro. It's that's hard. Oh God. We're also we're also a year ahead, so we really don't know what UCLA or any of those teams are going to be next year. No, but I will. I mean, with Chip Kelly still really as their head coach, I don't have high hopes for him. Yeah, no, sure. me neither. I mean, it's going to be it's hard to have high hopes for them. I like a lot of what Chip Kelly does, but I don't like it at UCLA. It doesn't work. I, I... moving Chip forward. Kelly needs Chip Kelly needs to go to Eastern Michigan. Really, yeah, that program. <laughs> Is Chris Creighton still running? Right. He retired. Chris Creighton retired, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan's head coach. That's what I thought. Who's right. their head coach now? With this recaps. Yeah, we can move into the the important stuff. And I, after we recap the Pac-12 championship, I do want to make some quick picks for the rest of the championships just while we're here. Cause, sure, and uh, then um, we can update where our awards stand because we're getting close yeah. to – Nominate. We we could do our nominees actually. 
and then we can pick our awards after on our just, let's do, let's do the nominees next week. I'm not ready for the nominees yet. So let's do the. You're not. Can, you're not ready. We to nominee. Pre- get, no, I'm not ready. We can prepare. We'll, we'll definitely look. We'll do. Yeah. We'll, we'll All right. I guess that, that, so. that's my cue, though. Um. Yeah, but your floor. Washington and Oregon. I mean. <sighs> <sighs> You done? <laughs> are, are you done? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, huh? yeah, we're done. All right, cool. All right. Go ahead. Washington and Oregon. <laughs> I was just waiting for Connor to play some sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> no. Only soundboarded his desk. <laughs> Washington and Oregon play a football game on Friday. Um, uh, Washington is a, let's see, nine and a half point underdog against the Oregon Ducks. Um, Oregon is on a, what is that, five, six game winning streak. Um, Washington is on a 19 game winning streak um, entering this game. Uh, But Oregon's. Six-game winning streak has been much more dominant than Washington's last six wins. I will have to admit that. Oregon has not been within a score of any of their opponents of late. Um, Yeah. In fact, all season, only Texas Tech and, of course, Washington, who beat Oregon, have even come within a score of the Ducks. Um, There's a around that Washington is going to get killed in this football game. And you look at the X's and O's, you look at the way played of late, you look at the way Michael Penix might be injured, you look at the way um, Bo Nix has been surgical of late, but the way Bucky Irving runs the football, how Troy Franklin wins one-on-one, and how Oregon's defense has been one of the best in the Pac-12. And you would um, have a good case why you would think Oregon would roll Washington in this game. That's not happening. Washington is going to win this game. Um, we are going to find a way to win. We have done that all season. We've, we're here for a reason. And we have won 19 straight games for a reason. That is because this team knows how to win this type of football game. This team has, I believe there are eight ranked wins in that stretch for Washington. Um, this team finds a way, and they've done it against good team after good team, and I don't think Oregon being number f- will startle or scare. I think this team has played it down to competition, but this is competition that we would, at, if anything, play up to. But what needs to happen for us to win? Obviously, the Penix to Rome connection has to be on point. We have to hit that. We have to hit the deep ball. Um I, I think there's no if ands, or buts about it. My, Michael Penix needs to be sharp, and that's not um, that's not what he was against Oregon State. It's not really what he was against Utah either. It's really been since USC, when and they have a terrible defense since Penix has been looking like Michael Penix. Um, of course, he did suffer, a, he clearly suffered a rib injury in the first Oregon game. I think that's painfully obvious. Um and it kind of showed in the ASU game that followed that Michael Penix was not right. Um, 
and really since then, Washington has had their ups and downs. Um, the Apple Cup didn't exactly go to plan. Um, but believe that for one game, one moment, we can pull it all together. Ryan Grubb has struggled in recent weeks. There's been a lot of hate in Husky Nation for Ryan Grubb, um, which I think is kind of ridiculous. He's still a fantastic offensive coordinator, but it, it's got to be a good – we got to have a good plan, man. I mean, um, the way Oregon calls defense, we're not going to be able to um, – we're not going to be able to mess around. But <sighs> nine and a half is a lot of points. Um, that's you're you're picking a team that's won 19 straight games to just lay lay down and get killed by 10 plus. I mean, I I think that's ridiculous. Defensively, um, what we need to do, so offensively, basically, my recap is run the ball with Dylan Johnson, um, get him going early, establish ball control. Bo makes his hand as much as we can, and doing say the ball in space. I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that. Um, Polk and McMillan also need to be as good as they've been since September. Um, we need, we're going to need everyone. Thankfully, Giles Jackson, his red shirt is successful. Giles Jackson will be able to play in this game. That's that's nice. Um, he was actually huge in the first Oregon game, so um, we'll see if he can be an impact player. Um, and him and Jeremy Bernard working the middle of the field could be something if Jalen McMillan again, can't go, um, without Jalen, we were able to beat Oregon the first time because of Giles Jackson kind of taking over that role. Um, so that was key. Um, other than Dylan Johnson, the running game has kind of just been a little bit of Tybo Rogers and we'll see if he's allowed to play in this game. Um, we won't get into why, but I don't believe he should be able to play in this game. Um, and, of course, we run a lot of end-around sweeps to the receivers, especially Jeremy Bernard. So that could be a wrinkle in our offense as well. Um, but we'll see. I hope Will Nixon gets the reps over Rodgers, though, because of um, things that could result in Rodgers' suspension. Um Jack Westover also needs to work the middle of the Oregon D. We have a lot of weapons. I, I think that's what the consensus is here, is Washington has a lot of weapons. It's just how do we put it all to use and how do we make it all work um, against a fantastic defense that's been playing out of its mind lately. Of course, holding Oregon State to seven, you kind of put in Jonathan Smith stuff. But even before that, Oregon defense has been playing phenomenal and Oregon's been playing with one mission and that was to get back to us um another game against Washington I mean it's clear <laughs> it's clear that that's what they want um ooh, another thing that could be key is if Penix like the Oregon State game uses his legs a little bit to um when he has to um that could be another thing that goes our way I'm so excited for this game, man. You have no idea. I'm nervous, but excited. It's um, it's the biggest game. I, I know we've made the playoffs when I was a fan. This is the biggest game of my life. And 
it, I don't think the Alabama playoff game is really close because I don't think we had a chance in hell of winning that game. We have a chance to win this game. Don't, don't even go there. We've got a shot to win this one. Um, Nobody was going there with you, bro. It's true. There's a reason you beat their ass the first time. That's right, Jackson. Um, <laughs> You're supposed to be here. You're telling me for a reason. And, you know, it, I, I know you guys think that, but yeah. so many people that I don't even know if they've watched a single Pac-12 game all year. Um, they've just kind of taken the Oregon is better than Washington um, train by storm and thinks this game's going to be a blowout. Um, it's typically how this and, goes. We've been doing this podcast long enough to know that. And, you know, you know what this reminds me of? Utah and USC last year. Yeah. Um, Utah, oh, they barely won the first game. We're going to blow them out in the Pac-12 championship. Utah beat their ass in Vegas. Killed them. Utah, and we're going to beat Oregon's ass in Vegas. That's what's going to happen. Um, we're not going to blow them out the way Utah blew out USC because that also required injuring the opposing quarterback, and um, I'm not going to predict that. Um, but Brandon Dorless really had no problem predicting – um, we got to take Michael Penix out of the game. Um, so there's that. I mean, you know, typical Oregon behavior um, from Brandon Dorless. Um, we'll see if that happens. I, I hope it motivates our guys to protect Mike even stronger. Um, defensively, how do you contain Bo Nix? Um, the guy has been – I think he – with a win in Vegas is the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, sure. And leadership of a dominant football team. Um, I don't think you could take it away from him. Jaden Daniels has been statistically a statistical anomaly and one of the greatest college football seasons of all time. I think he should win it, especially with the precedent set by guys like Lamar Jackson and Johnny Manziel. Um, but... He won't if Bo wins this game. He won't win it. Bo will. Um, I think Penix is pretty much out of the Heisman race. If Penix just crushes Oregon, like 400-plus, six-touchdown type shit, um, then Penix is right back in the Heisman discussion. Um, but I don't think I don't think he's going to go crazy like that against this defense. Though there is talk that um, Jaleel Florence might miss this game. Um that's a starting corner for Oregon against good wide receivers at Washington. Um, that could be a difference maker for us. Um, Trick Wheezy Bridges, we went after him last time. Um, and he's he's back. I think his name's actually Trike Wes, but he hasn't really earned being called his real name. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. So we're going we're gonna to pick on Trick Wheezy out there. Um Loser. Um, but yeah, uh, the goal here has to probably be hold Bo Nix under, I would say like 75% completion. I think the guy's going to hit 70 no matter what. He's done it every game this season. Um, but the two teams that had moderate success against him were Washington, Washington State, um, and Texas Tech. <laughs> um, those are the teams that held him from 72 to 75. We held him to 75. Um, and Washington State at low 72% completion. Um, that's crazy. A season low 72% completion. Uh, wow. Um, 
the guy's been insane. Um, again, we talked, we briefly touched on it earlier. I think Jabbar following Troy Franklin in this game would be huge. I think that's what we need to do. Um, Elijah Jackson needs to do his best out there. Um, it would be awesome to see an Elijah Jackson forced fumble actually go to one of our guys for once because he's forced four fumbles and none of we've recovered zero of them. Um, it, it would be nice if Elijah could get one um, yeah. because that's really all he's good at. Um, it would also be nice to pick off Bo Nix. Bo Nix has thrown two interceptions all season. Um, one to Colorado and one to Cal, and those were in monstrous blowouts. Um, so it would be nice to see Bo throw a slightly crucial interception this season um, and for it to come against us. Um, yeah, that would be that would be ideal, and it would be hilarious if it was Elijah Jackson picking <laughs> off both names. Oh, man. Uh, no, Oregon's offense will probably have their way with Washington's defense. I think Oregon's going to score thirty plus in this game, and we're just going to have to we're going to have to match their scoring. I don't think it's going to be the way USC started and maintained against our defense, just because I think Caleb's Caleb really plays against our strengths well because our strength is really pushing in the pocket and making the quarterback get outside the pocket. Good at that. He is not Caleb Williams at that. Um, and it's not – I think Pope Bo likes to throw from the pocket, really, is his forte. So, I mean, Bo only has 159 rushing yards this season. He's not really a running quarterback. Um, no. And that's a, and a lot of times quarterback rushing stats are ruined by sacks. Bo, Bo's are not. He has been sacked five times this season. Um. So that's nothing. <laughs> that is literally nothing. No. Um, he has not been touched all season. Bo, Bo, Bo isn't going to run for a lot of yards this year, this game, or at any point this year. One thing that Washington um, actually did well last game, though, was pressuring Bo Nix. I mean, we beat, I mean, Braylon Trice really won the matchup with Josh Connerly, which nobody's really been able to do other than him this year. Um, so Braylon win that matchup again. And. We're straight on that. Um, I think I've touched on everything. Of course, you have to contain Bucky Irving. Um, we didn't have Thule last time we played Oregon, and Thule makes a big difference in the run it game. Does. But we mm-hmm. did a good job, honestly, I thought, against Bucky and Jordan James. I mean, they got their they got their stats, but um, we didn't let them control the game. Um, it was more of a – I mean, they, they – they won most the majority of their run plays. I'm not even going to try to stretch it like Washington won the matchup, but we're, we're going to have to do what we did then, which is enough. Just do enough um, to maintain. And I think Michael Penix will need to be better than he was last game, which was 22 of 37, 302 and four touchdowns, one pick. I think he's going to need to be even better than that. And that's Gotta a pretty be. good stat line. And yeah, I think – but if I'm going to pick this game, I think Washington needs to get the football last. Um, Penix takes the field with a minute 49 remaining, down by two points. It's um, 30 
36-34 Oregon. Dan Lanning went for two to go up by four points because he wanted to force wanted. us to score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but he they failed. Um, Michael Penix leads us down the field. It is a 51-yard attempt for the freshman Grady Gross. And he goes out there, balls of steel, and knocks it through the uprights. Wow. And that's walks how off you wanna, that's, that's where you want to put your season on the line, Dave? You want to speak yep. that into existence? Yep. Grady Gross. Okay. Hey, Grady Gross, I would love for Shit. him to be the man to eliminate Oregon because he just got his scholarship. Yeah. He just want us the – I mean, this guy is a clutch – he's not the best kicker, but he is clutch. Um, no, he's 5 of 6 on 40-plus yard field goals, but he's 2 of 5 from 30 to 39. So, get too close. Don't get too close, okay? Wow, um, leaving your season. No, I mean, I, your freshman look, kicker. that's just a look. That's just a fun way to end the end the game. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll put the season on the foot of the field goal kicker, okay? And he will deliver. That's a part of the football team, Jackson. And yes, you know what is. makes it sweet? What makes it sweet? And the reason I'm predicting it to go this way is because Oregon's kicker couldn't get it done last time. Could not. Camden Lewis did not get it done. Okay, and now. Our kicker in this game gets it done on a career-long kick. Okay. And that is how it ends in Vegas. Um, December 1st, Washington wins 30, 37-36. Wow. Okay. Um, Connor, do you want it? Do you want to give me the podium? Yeah, I'll give you the podium. Okay. Ah. <sighs> Oregon has been a buzzsaw since uh, October 14th, 2023. Um, they have probably been the best team in the country since that point. Um, they, I, that's a lot to say, but they have – nobody's been able to touch them since that game is it, virtually the point. Oregon has hit another, uh, another gear. Um, that includes going to Rice Cycle Stadium for college game day and beating shit out of Utah. Um, that includes going, uh, being at home in Eugene and, and, and winning the Civil War, which, and, you know, say what you want to about that ball game, but they beat Oregon State's ass. Um, Oregon's been on a different level, man. Uh, Bo Nix has put himself squarely smack dab in the center of the Heisman conversation. He's um, a favorite, uh, the favorite in a lot of betting websites, which is fascinating to me because I, it's, Jane Daniels has just been the better player just on surface level, but whatever. Um, Oregon's been unreal. Um, the way that they've been able to stretch the field, um, the way that Bucky Irving has continued to, to do what he does, rushing for over 1,000 yards for the second consecutive season, um, Tez Johnson being an incredible deep threat for this Oregon offense. Um, they've hit another gear, man. They are... Um, they're on a different level right now. And I think something that they don't get enough credit for is how fantastic their defense has been down the stretch. Um, Braden Dorless, um, or Brandon Dorless, sorry, um, and Jordan Birch have been very vital up the middle for this Oregon defense. Um, Kyrie Jackson has been very solid in the secondary. Um, Triquez Bridges, um, he hasn't been the worst. <laughs> um, Oregon, has, Oregon has just been a really consistent ball club 
all season long, including that Washington game. That's just the only one that they lost. Um, as for Washington, man, I, I think more than anything, um, they wanted the opportunity to play this 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 football game again. They wanted to, I think, they genuinely think Washington um, wants to go out there and prove that it's not a fluke. Um, they are just like Bo Nix is with the Heisman discussion, just like Oregon is with their playoff hopes. Washington is smack dab in the center of of the playoffs. They control their own destiny. Both of these teams do, but the fact that Washington can win this game 13-0 and leave absolutely no doubt as to who they are, um, that's exciting, man, to be, to be able to beat your rival for in, in the final Pac-12 championship game. Um, that's special. Um, and I think these guys understand the magnitude of that. I think, I think that goes for both sides. But um, I think Washington's got – I think Washington's taking this game personally because nationally nobody respects them. I mean, this is the team that, that beat this Oregon team not too long ago, and they are – um, they are they're an almost a ten point underdog. Um, look, I, this is going to be a fantastic football game. Number three versus number five. I think really what it's going to come down to is whose defense is going to be able to step up. Um, one of these defenses is going to have to cause a, a turnover at the, in this game. Um, it's going to have to happen. It was Michael Penix who turned it over. Um, in that game earlier this year. Um. And it's it's Penix who has been the one to turn it over um, this season, um, and I think that's just going to be the difference maker, man. Oregon, the fact that they are able to consistently, like I said, they're able to consistently move this offense downfield. It's um, five, six yards per rush play. It's um, getting down the field and chunk plays whenever they pass the ball, and it's not always down the field. They're just incredibly efficient. Um, I think the Jabbar Muhammad versus uh, Troy Franklin matchup is going to be incredibly important, and I think it's a matchup that Washington genuinely can win uh, because Troy Franklin's not a guy that's going to um, burn you in terms of um, his route running. He's just a, he's, he's got consistent hands, and he's he's consistently a guy who's going to get vertical on you. Um, and I think that that's a matchup that, that's going to play into Jabbar Muhammad's uh, favor in, the, in those man matchups. Um, I think the pass rush is going to be vital for Washington in this game um, with, with ZTF and, and Braylon Trice. Um, but this has been an offensive line for Oregon that has consistently kept Bo Nix clean. Um, and I think that you see much of the same. Clamp made a great point with Thule being back for this game in terms of minimizing that Oregon run attack. If you can cut that, um, you know, that six yards down to five even, um, if you're able to minimize that um, in any type of way, I think that you're going to put yourself in a pretty dang good position. Um because you stop something that, like I said, that's been just so consistent between Bucky Irving and Jordan James all season for this Oregon offense. But um, it's it's hard to beat a team twice, man. It really is. Utah has done it each of the last two seasons, which is really funny to think about. Um, I don't know, bro. I I I genuinely flipped my my thought on this game multiple times in the last week. But I I think uh, 
Bo Nix isn't going to lose this game, man. I'm going to go Oregon. I think Oregon's going to win it. Um, I'm going to say Oregon wins it 34 to Washington's 30. I'm going to go 34 to 30, Oregon. I, 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 Oregon has just, they've been a buzzsaw. And I don't think that there's going to be any way that Bo, Bo Nix is going to allow his team to lose. I think that's really what it's going to come down to. They're going to protect the football. They're going to consistent, consistently continue to move it. Um, and, and I think that they, I think that, that Oregon's going to win. 34-30 is my final score. God, that hurts because I, I really don't know, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this game. Ultimately, is what it comes down to. I'm really excited. I am also really excited for this game, and let me tell you why. Before the season started, I predicted, in my Pac-12 predictions, I said that the one team that's going to stand out in front of the rest is Washington. As I said they're going to go 12-0 and and win the Pac-12. And so far, the prediction's almost perfect. All I need them to do is take care of business versus Oregon. I predicted Oregon to go 10-2. and I thought Bonix was good, but not good enough to lead their team to uh, Pac-12 championship level like 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 what we're seeing right now this Oregon team is hungry this Oregon team is playing like the best team in the country right now and I'm not afraid to say that they are on a roll everyone's going to critique critique their strength of schedule they're doing they're taking care of the strength of schedule like it's nothing they're really just taking care of business in every single way besides the game against UW obviously and they had their cause for concern there. Uh, they their play calling was not the best. They the decision making wasn't the best. Their execution down the stretch is not the best when it comes to these high pressure games in on the road. And in Vegas, they've had their shakeups lately. Uh, I have not seen UW in Vegas in a in a couple of years. But this UW team has been looking. Like they're playing down to competition lately. They're scaring me a little bit. I think um, Polk really does need to pick it up. I think Polk is a big key for this one. I think the way he's disappeared the last two games is a little bit concerning. Uh, he's been MIA. Uh, having Thule back is huge. Um, he's going to help a lot with the Bucky pressure and Jordan James as well. Um I really, really this this is I think this actually might be the hardest game I've had to pick the entire year. Yeah. Because it's two of the best teams in college football for a conference that it's the last ever Pac twelve championship. Um or the this last is one. a playoff game. Don't get it don't get it twisted. This is a college this is just a what Jack Westover said today is this is the college football playoff quarterfinal. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like a wild card game. Whoever, yeah, whoever wins this game is going is going in the CFP. And um, I think that honestly, if UW loses by like two points, I can make a case for both of them deserving to make it in. There's just too, there's too many undefeated in, in one. You would need like Florida State and Texas. You to need lose. Florida State and Texas to lose. Yes, you I honestly, agree. is so unlikely. You might to me. You really might need. Michigan to lose two, man. Because I mean, no, they, because um, no. it would be Georgia, Oregon, Michigan, and it could be Washington if Texas and FSU lose, mm-hmm. or Ohio State. Right, it would be between Washington and Ohio State for the last place. And I say Ohio State. I, I say Ohio State should be left out if that's the case. Yeah, I would agree I think because just because Washington has that twelfth win and right. the 
and they like and should Washington lost. be penalized for making it to a game that Ohio State didn't make it to? Right, and Washington, no. Washington had already they had already avenged that loss. I guess, I guess that's the way mm-hmm. you put that because they'd already won that game. But uh, the, the the sad part is Georgia isn't winning Saturday, so. Yeah, and if it's Washington, Georgia in, instead, it's going to be Georgia. It would be Georgia, probably. Yeah, it would be Georgia. They've got the, they've got a better strength of resume than Washington, which is and also which with, is why with, Michigan is going to lose, and then Washington's going to make it because they got blown out by Iowa. <laughs> That's what my dog predicted. That's blown predicted. out by Iowa should not be in the same sentence. I have Dakota, um, man. Anyway. This is oh gosh, this stands with Coda. (laughs) (laughs) I stand with Coda. Um, UW needs to get Dylan Johnson going. Uh, Oregon has done a great job at containing running backs lately. They held Oregon State's running back group to a very, very low amount. Um, they Oregon's looked like the more complete team. Oregon's looked like the better team the last couple of weeks, although, yes, UW has won their games, and UW has been able to pull out tough games. Um, I do think that um, Oregon is the hotter team right now, but that does not mean shit when it comes to the conference championship. That does not mean shit when it comes to Vegas. I've seen teams go to Vegas and get blown out by teams that I thought were were worse than them. Uh, Utah-USC last year, I thought USC was a much better team than Utah, and look what happened. I thought that uh, Oregon, that Oregon team with Anthony Brown, I thought that team was better than the Utah team, and look what happened. Vegas is a land of weird, weird things, weird, weird people outcomes, weird people, weird <laughs> outcomes. Uh, but I love it because it's chaos. Pac-12 is chaos, and what is wrong with a little bit of chaos for the last ever Pac-12 championship? Unless the conference somehow survives this, um, but again, yeah. it won't ever be the same. It's over. Yeah. It's over. Um, which is why I'm gonna go with the final score of forty-five to forty-two, Oregon win. I think that Oregon squeaks it out against a very, very tough UW team. I think that Bo Nix is able to will this Oregon team. I want both of these teams to make it to the college football playoff just for the just for my and just just for West Coast football sake. I think it'll be an amazing thing. I really, really am rooting for it. I honestly like like when it comes to me being a fan that should hate both of these schools, I actually really do like both of these teams. Um Bo Nix is an overhated player. He has proven to be worth the hype he's proven to be worth um pe- people calling him an old head stop he's been in college for four years uh this washington team also is is pretty easy to root for i mean michael Penix is a very very talented quarterback uh they don't really have many um guys on that team that are very hateful romo dunze i love him i think he's one of the, i think he i think he is my favorite wide receiver in college football although i don't think he'll win the Blenikoff, unfortunately. I think it's Nabbers, but I think that um, this matchup is just going to be an amazing matchup, dude. I, re- I really, really hope it lives up to the hype, and I hope it is able to give the Pac-12 a final one last send-off of chaos and beautiful football. Yeah. 
Right. That's all. Um, so for the Bolitnikov, does Rome's stats in this game count towards that? I don't know. Yes, it they should. Should. Yeah. So Which is neighbors why England... should have fucking blown out Jordan Addison in twenty twenty one, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, neighbors doesn't get a championship game, and neither does um, what's his face, Marv. Marv. Yeah. It it would be it. So Rome See, with a big game in this one, I really think could put himself in position to win that award. You think so? A, especially a big game. If he goes off and he's a big reason for a Washington win, that would be um, hard to deny him that spot. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, before you know what's crazy is before the season, me and Connor – we're more confident about Washington going to the playoff than we are now after they've already gone 12 and 0. I had Washington in my playoff as well. I had them 12 right. and 0. Yeah, that's playoff. right. You did. So it's like <laughs> I was more confident in our ability to do this before this season just because Oregon wasn't supposed to be this good. Yeah. Um in my opinion, they but they are. Um and you know, um wouldn't want it any other way. I love being the underdog in games, I've I embraced it a couple weeks ago. Going to Corvallis, that was a fun one. Um, you know, being the underdog is something. I think it's going to help us out. I think um, that's the type of thing that brings a team together. Being an under a big underdog in a game that you've had to earn your way into. Um, that I, I don't see how that's not going to keep this team hungry, keep this team fighting. Um, which they already have done so much. They have been such a high effort team, and I, ah, I love these guys. It's hard to see it coming to an end. Um, but this isn't where the this isn't where the story ends. I don't think. I think. Um, I think we have a lot of time. I think. I think we have a lot more time with this team competing for a championship. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna win this game. It's gonna take everyone, but. And that's that's kind of the theme I'm going for by predicting a kick to win it because it is going to take everyone on this football team to win this game. Um, but oh man, I think I think we've got. It. I think we're going to keep this trend rolling, win our 20th straight game um, against Oregon. It's a lot of dang games. That's what we do. I mean, it's a lot, been a lot of damn close games against good teams. Um, in a couple close games against bad teams, but um, they they find a way. They they've done it against Oregon twice. They have been outplayed by Oregon, better Oregon teams going into the game, favored Oregon teams going into the game, and we've lived up to the task um, of playing Oregon twice. It is going to be hard to do it a third time. It, I mean. We'll see if Dan Lanning takes his points. Um, yeah, that'll be a key. Yeah, I, I I think he needs to do that. But field goals are wins for Washington. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, forcing Camden Lewis to trot out and kick field goals is a win um, on a, any possession um, when you're Absolutely. playing Oregon. And we've for the past two years found ways to get Oregon to fourth down, get the defense off the field. Or keep them on the field for fourth down tries that fail. Um, who, uh, 
yeah, I mean, this is good. This is about as tight as it gets between two teams. Um, and it's been this way between Oregon and Washington um, since 2022, really, when they both went. Um, Washington went 10 and 2, Oregon went 9 and 3. Um, but this year, they are two of the four best teams in the country this season. Absolutely. Um, and it sucks that um, by all metrics and all likelihood, one will be eliminated this weekend. Yeah. Or, yeah, Friday. Um, I guess you could call that the weekend. That's um, the weekend. Yeah. Um, one will be gone. Yeah. Um, and the other um, season will live on. Um, God, I, I, I really hope win or lose, Mike doesn't go out playing the way he he's been playing. Yeah. Um, I I hope he he's able to go out with a fight because, um, he's really earned that chance to, and I really feel like he. The only reason he wouldn't be able to do it is um, his injury. Um, I that that that's it for me. I mean, I yeah. I, I want Mike to have the shot. I, I want him to have a chance out there. I hope he's not hurting too much to play up to the competition. Yeah. Um, and it it'll be pretty apparent. Or I think it'll be pretty apparent early how much of what we're getting from Washington in this game. There is the possibility Oregon blows us out. I, I think that's a reality that exists. Um, and reality where Washington just continues to play the way that they played last weekend. Because um, I don't think we're good enough defensively to hold on with a bad offensive performance. No. Um, I think we're good enough – you got I think to. we're good enough defensively to back up a great offensive performance in this game and win. Um, I really do. I think we're – and that's I didn't feel that way last year. I felt like we had an offense that was carrying the defense. Um, and, you know, I feel like there's some urgency lost in our offense this year. Um, the urgency of – if we don't score, we're going this every single possession. We are going to lose this game. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of urgency there that's lost when your defense can actually get the stops that they need to get. Um, that team consistently got stops. Um, and yeah, it was able to pull things off. Um, it's been able to pull things off. So I just hope that. Um, that that continues. Um, we're able to we're able to get the key stops. Um, yeah. Really, I don't think this game comes down to matchups, though. It's really just going to be moments. The few moments. I mean, that's what Oregon versus Washington is. Um, which, is which moment takes over? Yeah. Um, and but yeah, the I think the blowout narrative is pretty overblown. Yeah, it's it's bogus. Um, I, I I think guys like Josh Pate shouldn't be employed. Um, guys whose whole shtick is a 
obviously biased analytics model. <laughs> like, yeah. there's models saying that like Penn State's a better football team than Florida State and Washington. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? It's just unserious. Right. Um, he, he really annoys me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the media has completely given up on Washington. It would be awesome to win this game. It would be the best feeling I've ever had after winning a game if we win this yeah, one. Be Just because of how many people gave up on the Huskies um, and how many people just think that this team should roll over and die um, Friday. That's not what we're going to do, and that's not what we've ever done under Kalen DeBoer. Um, the one game where a team separated from us, UCLA, it was 40-16. to 16. That game finished 32-40 with five minutes left, and we could if we could have gotten a stop with DTR and Zach Charbonnet running the ball, um, there's another shot. This team has not gone down and died once. Um, nope. they don't, they're not just going to lay down and die. Um, and it, it just isn't happening. And I don't think they're going to lose. I, I really don't. <laughs> I don't think – that Washington is – I don't think Washington's got any shot of losing this game. The way – I mean, of course they do, but um, I don't know. Just how far we've come, I couldn't I couldn't imagine it. End, I really could not imagine it ending now. I, yeah. it, it, it's just hard to as a fan. Yeah, as somebody really that's – that was there when we were four and eight and never really even batted an eye, never gave up on the – uh, still ran my page every week. I, of course, a lot of jokes were on the page every week, but um, I stayed through that. And um, of course, 2020 it doesn't even really count. But um, Thank you. yeah, <laughs> that was weird. But yeah, I was I was there to want Kalen DeBoer as the head coach of this team. I was there to um, say Michael Penix might work out. I wasn't even fully confident that Michael Penix was a great option. Um, just, you know, I mean, we saw him be on the podcast. Turnover prone, injury prone. He, he, it was rough at Indiana for Mike. You know, I said yeah. it on my post that I put up. Michael Penix's 2021 was about as disastrous as Washington's. Um, yeah. Making him a good fit. Yeah, I, I, um, me and you kind of resembled the same sentiments. Like there was point, there's points in which Michael Penix was tremendous at Indiana. There was very high, but the lows were just so not good. It, right? Would it be a fit? Uh, you know, it's hard to imagine either of these quarterbacks going down. Yeah. Um, they're just straight up winners. Bo Nix is a straight up winner, and um. Michael Penix is too. Michael Penix is a – Michael Penix is one of the – I mean, he's going to go down as the highest winning percentage quarterback in the history of Washington football. This is a guy that's, what, 22 and – what? So we went 11-2 and two last year, and he's 23-2 and two at Washington. It's incredible, dude. I could never have imagined that when he transferred. Incredible. I, I think I picked us to go 8-4 and four last year. That's double the losses he's taken in two years. Incredible. Um, I mean, it really is. I mean, of course, 12-0 and 0 helps that a lot. And with how good of a team we built around him, 
Um, the way DeBoer manages a roster is second to none. Um, it's it's going to be close. I I can't imagine the nine and a half spread hitting for Oregon. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. I, don't I just don't. There. That's a lot of points, man. That is a lot of points. I just yeah I because if this team gets down, I think they go down and score. <laughs> yeah. It's just been what we've done. And even if we were to lose, it would be because Oregon had it last. I think that's what would happen. And Bo Nix just not letting them lose, like Jackson said. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't imagine us going down without a fight. I Like I said, there's a path to an Oregon blowout where Washington just plays like garbage again. But um, I don't see that path hitting, even though every Oregon fan and their mother thinks that. That's the path we're going down. Oregon fans are the most confident people in the world, by the way. Man, they are. I mean, they think they think this is a cakewalk. They know it is. That in their heart of hearts, they know this game is just done for. Yeah, I mean, um, it's fascinating to say the least. It really is. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, these are and. I, Oregon, to Connor's point, they have killed the competition they've played. Yeah. They don't have a signature win, really. I mean, you think of Oregon State's coaching thing going on, and then just the fact that Utah's just not a very good team. Um, right, yeah. And, I mean, of course, Washington played a close game with Utah, but they should not have played a close game with Utah. Thanks, Alfonso. Um <laughs> Damn. Bad beat of the um, century. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, yeah. So those are. I want to see Oregon do it to us. You know, prove prove it to me, Oregon. You show me what you've got Friday because I haven't seen you beat a top ten team. We beat you. We beat a top ten team. Um, haven't seen you do it. You go back to last year, we beat Texas. Texas had Jonathan Brooks playing. Um, Xavier Worthy played that game. I mean, there were a lot of Texas's best players out there. Mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers was bad last year, though, and now he's good. So there's that. That's true. That, that um, did happen. But, hey, <laughs> we won that game. Won the game. Um, and I think we're going to win this one. I I think we've proven we can beat some of the teams in this playoff race. Oregon hasn't proven that to me yet. I love that they're getting the shot too, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, as much as I would have loved to be playing Arizona right now, Oregon State pulls off that crazy upset. Um, as much as I would have loved that, just because of how funny it would be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I could not ask for anything better but to play this team at this stage. Um, with a chance to go to the playoff. I mean, that's what you want to see. Um, Couldn't ask for anything more. Right. Um, uh, there's going to be some adversity in this game, but um, you know, when you're trying to be that team and win in that moment, adversity will hit, and you have to overcome it. And we've done that before. And we'll, I want to say, we'll do it again. Yeah. And it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great game. Um, Anyways, want to make the picks for the other championships? I guess we could start in um, 
the Big 12, um, Oklahoma State taking on Texas at 18. I will say quickly before we move on, I, I was this morning I was listening to some uh, sports talk radio and there's a, a caller um, referring talking about the college football playoff and he was complaining about the the Big Ten's um, model for their um, their conference championship where it's, there's you know there's still divisions so it's not the best two teams and he was like how is it fair. That Oregon gets it, or that um, Oregon gets a chance to avenge their loss, but Ohio State doesn't get the, their chance to get into the playoff. And it's like, motherfucker, they had their chance and they lost. Right, oh, but his point is Oregon also got their chance. Right, but Ohio State or, got it. Ohio chance. State had to go on the road. They didn't get their neutral field chance that Oregon's getting. I see where he's coming from, actually. I don't get it at all because they had their. Chance he's making it seem as if Ohio State did not have a chance at the playoff. But what about? I mean, I see. But as as it parallels to Oregon, Oregon gets a second game against Washington, um, but Ohio State doesn't get a second game against Michigan. I don't care what point in the season the games are played. I don't think that makes a difference. I don't. I'm not saying the point in the season. It's just the, the fact that they had they they had their chance. I I, I think I just. But I guess what he's saying is Oregon gets a second chance, and then Ohio State does not get a second chance. I guess you know, Oregon gets right. But the, I, but I, the I, point was like that, like maybe Oregon, I don't agree with him, but I think. But like no, he, no, right? he said no. What he said was Oregon gets their play; they they get a a play in game for the playoff, and Ohio State doesn't. Ohio State okay. Did. Ohio State had a playoff their, play in their, game. Their they did game get that. Was the Michigan game. Right, yeah, they had their shot, but again, it's the second chance, yeah, that, that regular one, yeah. season football game. Oregon lost a regular season football game, You're and right. here they are with a second chance because there's if there's divisions in the Pac-12, Oregon season is over. Yeah, you're right. Two years ago, when the Pac divisions, Oregon season right now is over. You're I right. mean. You think of the other teams, Oregon wouldn't get in as an 11 and 1 North runner up. They would not. You're right. So that's where that guy's coming from. And I think but I get it. That's not what he said. I, I misinterpreted the first point. What, what he really said was that they didn't get the play on the play in. Gotcha. Okay. But still, the original still has some grounds to be a foundation to sit on. I think still a. Um, reasonable take that I, I think it's a reasonable take that Oregon is playing a second game because the Pac-12 doesn't have divisions and then Ohio State is not um, but the, I mean I, I don't care yeah I don't think anyway. uh, the only reason I care is because I think Arizona would it would be fun for them to have a shot but yeah um, anyways Oklahoma State Texas who you guys got in this one? I really want Texas to lose this game very badly. Um, yeah, you need them to lose this game very badly. Take us there, Holly Gordon. Holly Gordon um, is gonna is gonna get it done. I think Holly Gordon's gonna score three touchdowns. Um, he scored like four or five last week. That motherfucker is crazy, dude. Um, Holly Gordon's gonna score three touchdowns. Um, Oklahoma State's going to get out to a 21-7 to lead. I think Texas is going to get back into it. Oklahoma State's going to hit a field goal 
three minutes left to go and make it 27 to 24. Um, Texas is going to get, take the ball down. They're going to have a third down, um, seven yards to go. They're going to get it. They're going to get the first down. They're going to call it back. They're holding. Next play is going to be a, a sack for like four yards. And the final play of Texas season is going to be a fourth and 21. Quinny Rich throws a pick six, and Oklahoma State wins it 34 to 24. 34 24. Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's a bunch of nonsense. Texas is going to win this football game. Um, yep. They're not going to win it by 15 and a half, though. That's another ridiculous conference championship spread. Um, I think Texas wins this game, though, by seven points is what I'm going to go with. Um, they, they win 27 to 20. I think they do enough against Oklahoma State's run game. Texas's offense is in a and a half type of offense. They're good, but... I think what Texas did to Texas Tech last week is I think a lot of people forget that they almost lost Iowa State and TCU um, and Kansas State. Texas didn't have a – a lot like Washington, Texas just kind of got through their games. They didn't exactly dominate their games. Um, And, yeah, Texas playing for a college football spot, I think it's a done – that's not to say Oklahoma State won't be motivated. They will. and Oklahoma State showed they have some resolve in their win against BYU because they should not have won oh, that They should not have won that game. Oh. Um, but they pulled it off. I'm going to go, yeah, Texas 27-20. Come. I think that Texas is going to play a little better than what you think. I think that they will show up, uh, especially for a conference championship like this and the stakes like this. I think that um, this is – this is everyone's going to think this is like a Texas blow-a game. Uh, this Oklahoma State team, in my opinion, is not good. Uh, they they almost lost to Houston, a bad Houston team. They got blown out by forty two to UCF, who is one of the t- bottom like bottom teams in the Big Twelve. They do have some talent, obviously. UCF is a good football team, but UCF actually made a bowl. They turned up at the end of the season and won. Um, yeah, they won what three of their last four. They did lose at Texas Tech though, which is not a good loss. <laughs> No, it's not. But the thing is about like you can't really lose by by forty two to a team like that. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Um, other losses that really hurt them this season, they lost to uh, South Alabama. Got blown out by South Alabama in in Stillwater. Blown out. Blown yeah. out. Yeah. Um, they. I mean, they they're just not what a strange good. team. What a strange they're, season. It, this is one of the weirdest teams in college football. I mean, they had a close game with Arizona State. That's never a good sign either, especially right now. Um, no. I think well, I think Texas. Ollie Gordon got going. To be fair. Yeah, that is true. With Ollie Gordon, it does bring questions, especially with Texas uh, injury situation. Uh, I want Oklahoma State to win this, but I don't think so. Uh, give me Texas twenty-eight to seventeen. I'm going to change that score. I'm going to take away the pick six. It will just be 27-24. All right, then we can move on to what? Um, Um, Well, we could just go to Michigan-Iowa. I think we're all going to pick Michigan here, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, Uh, Jackson? Nah, nah. It's going to be Michigan. uh, 31 and a half. I guess that's fair. That's pretty fair, bro. I'm going to go Michigan 31 to 9. Yeah, I'm gonna go Michigan. Michigan. Um, I'm I, I'm gonna go Michigan twenty eight to five. 
Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go off Connor's score. We're gonna go. We're gonna go um, 28 to five as well, Michigan. <laughs> this is going to be the score of this football game. Um, Louisville plays Florida State at night. Um, Louisville just lost. Louisville's only a two and a half point dog. That's not cool, because Florida dude. State has back a quarterback. Yeah. They don't have faith in FSU's back. Kate Rodemaker. Can he get it done? I know he can't. I'm going to go Louisville 431. Hell yeah. Woo! He's at 34-31. <laughs> Knowing how crazy college football's been, uh, I think Florida State is going to win this game, and I think they're going to make it into the college football playoff just to get smoked. By uh, Georgia or, or whoever is Washington. The give me. Give, give me Florida. Washington's a one C clip. Well, you haven't seen my Georgia Alabama pick yet. That's very true. Um, give me Florida State twenty. Uh, sorry, give me yeah, Florida State twenty five to uh, twenty one. Actually, if Washington is the two seed though, but Florida State will also pass Georgia. They'd be the three seed. It would be two three Washington Florida State is my prediction. So I've got. And yes, I predicted that simply so that I could predict Washington to go to the national championship. <laughs> I've got a. Oh wait, did I just pick Louisville? Never mind. Yeah, you're, you're trolling. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, number eight Alabama, number one. Bro, Georgia. I didn't make um, my pick. I didn't make my pick. No. Yes. Oh, you want to pick Florida State Louisville? Yeah, I do want to pick Florida State Louisville. Uh, Tate Rodemaker no. was not good last week, but he found a way to make it happen. Um, he died. Yeah, he did, dude. I was listening to that on the way home with my my granddad after the Iron Bowl, and like, like the the radio announcer made it seem like the 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 defensive back tried to murder the dude in cold blood. Oh, he did. Yeah, and I it looked back a, at it. And like, five oh, seconds wow. late, hit to his head. Yeah, and then the, and the funniest part is like they were like hyping up the dude who was coming in after, and like the next play, you know, they threw a pick. So that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, the big word. So, yeah, so um, I think Louisville's going to win this game, man. Jack Plummer, 37 years deep. Um, he's been in some big ball games before. <laughs> I'm trusting, I'm trusting, uh, I'm, I'm trusting Jack Plummer to, to take this one home. Um, you know, Louisville 30 to 28. You trust Jack Plummer? My okay. Wi-Fi might go out here because um, I'm not going to explain that. Okay. Um, but I'll be right back. Okay. Are, are you leaving now? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be that's back your in, answer. I'll be back in like one minute. Okay. Um, well, that gives us time to preview a game that I think I'm – Going to? I don't know. My granddad hasn't updated me yet on what our plan is for Saturday, which is weird. Uh, anyway, um, I th- <sighs> as, as I'm so excited for this game. I don't think you understand, dude. Um, Alabama has been one of the hottest teams in the country this season, or has been one of the hottest teams in the country since um, really over the last like five weeks since the Tennessee game. Um, Alabama, like I said, has been one of the hottest teams um, in the country. Jalen Milrow has been 
tremendous down the stretch of the season. Um, I, I think it really circles back. You good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Oh my god! <laughs> Hello. I ran, bro. Oh. I'll explain in a sec when I get my breath. Okay. Um, Edit that out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me put the timestamp. Wait, what? I was putting the timestamp for when I have to edit it out. Oh, thanks. Wait. I appreciate that a lot, actually. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, I was talking about the, the, the Bama game. Um, nice. Anyway. Jalen Milrow Milro has been tremendous down the stretch. Um, Tommy Reese has done a tremendous job scheming up the offense to fit his talent level. Um, design quarterback runs, um, simple reads um, with more than one read attached to it. Um, I think that was the biggest issue for this team early on. Um, those simple reads were like eight yard out routes across the hash with no check down. It's not a successful formula um, at all. And it resulted in a lot of, um, it resulted in, in both the interceptions during the Texas game. Um, and it resulted in one of the picks during the old Miss game. Um, and one of the picks during the Texas game where there's just one route or excuse me, during the Tennessee game where there's just one route attached. Um, there's really nothing Noro can do. Um, but um, that's that's completely been changed down the stretch of the season. I think Tommy Reese has done a fantastic job with his personnel. Um, and Milrow has answered that. And I think his receivers, um, Jalen Burton and Isaiah Bond, more specifically, have been tremendous in that. I think um, the tight ends are going to be big in this one, Amari Nyblack. And... Um, Amari Nyblack and, and, and C.J. Dupree, um, they're going to be important in this game. And I think that Jason McClellan is questionable for this game, which I think is something that is to, to be taken note of. Uh, but Roydo Williams and Jam Miller have been really freaking good this season, so I, I really do think that uh, Bama will be fine in that regard. Um, defensively, you almost got to get Brock Bowers with a tranquilizer gun to get him out of the stadium. Because um, there's just nothing that you can do with that man. Um, he is the scariest person on planet Earth, um, and I really don't know how you defend him. I think Alabama's. What were you saying? Bucky Irving and Brock Bowers are the most unstoppable players in college football. Yeah, and it's not particularly close. I mean, I, I, I would probably say that Bama's best path to victory is use. Malachi Moore one-on-one with Brock Bowers, I guess, because Bama is a man defense through and through. That's what they do. So you're going to leave a guy on an island with Bowers, and if you bracket Bowers and you leave a lot of things over the top for Gladden McConkney and uh, and um, Dominic Lovett, which I don't really want to give up, but um, you, you can't let Bowers beat you. Um, and I think that you have to put Carson Carson back in a situation where he has to find a way to beat you down the field. Um, look, man, I I, I think um, I think with the way the Bama's defense has been playing down the stretch, um, 
with they've been able to run the ball with not only Milro but but Roydell Williams, Jan Miller, and like I said, Jason McClellan, who might not play in this game. Um, Kendrick Law has been a huge factor for this offense down the stretch. Um, Dallas Turner is going to force a fumble. Dallas Turner is going to force two fumbles in this game. Um, Alabama is going to win it. I'm going to go Bama um, 31 to Georgia's 22. Yeah, I have Alabama winning as well. Um, Jalen Milrow is much better than Carson Beck. Um, Carson Beck, he's, he's a lot like Stetson, man. Dudes are just open, and he finds them. Moderately good at football, quarterback, but not really. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe Carson Beck. Yeah. Um, tries hard. You know, good locker room. Probably a good locker room guy. Probably. Yeah. Um, see, I think what you do give up is the guys over the top, McConkie and Lovett over the top. I think you play that man-to-man and just – Hope your guy. I, I think the Bama corners win that. I was about to say, I hundred, I hundred percent trust Kool Aid in in, in Terry on in that situation. Like, you can't let Georgia win the middle of the field all game, right? So you have to control that. If Georgia's going to beat you sideline to sideline, you're going to lose. I mean, <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Bama's going to lose. I got Bama in this game. I'll go 24-20. I think it's a pretty low-scoring one because um, both of these defenses are still fantastic. Um, that's the score Auburn should have beat Alabama by, but um, I'll get Isaiah Bond down there somewhere. Um, Poor guy. I really think that Alabama is the more talented team right now. Um, I think that Carson Beck is – he's kind of like a Kyle McCord, but a little bit more hyped, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Yeah. probably a little bit. Uh, He's better, but like almost the same level in a way. I think that – George's offense, yeah, they they have weapons, obviously. I mean, is Brock Bowers healthy still? Yeah, he's he is healthy. He is right. Yeah, he's gonna play. Okay. Um. God, he's so scary, dude. Yeah, Brock Bowers is legit. He's insane. Uh, Dominic Lovett is also very very good. Georgia has a lot of underrated weapons in 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 their wide receiver room too. I mean, this Georgia team is very very well rounded. Their defense is obviously their shining point. Um. Milrow's been pretty good lately. Uh, he's been pretty all around, pretty diverse. I think that Bama has their questionable areas, obviously, um, but they've had guys show up recently, like Bond, and um, they've just been able to step up in ways that some people might have written them off earlier in the season due to Milrow's bad play. Um, but Milrow. Prove me right, prove Jackson right, and prove a lot of the other people that believed in him right. And it's hard to jump off his ship now, so I'm not going to. Give me Alabama 35 to 24. 
Roll damn tie. Alabama to beat number one. I don't like Georgia. I don't. I just like I said, man. Like I, I, I love our corners. Both of our corners have played at a Thorpe level this season. Terry on Arnold and and um and Kool Aid. They have just been they've been fantastic. And Terry on his contributions in the run game this season, unreal. He's been so good underneath this season. Um, that it's not like you can just attack those corners with the way that how aggressively they play man. Um, you just run behind them and you're like, oh, well, you might have something. I, I, you don't really have that against um, either of these guys, especially Terry on. He's just been so fantastic underneath the season. Um, I'm just so excited, dude. I'm like, yeah, I'm just so excited. I don't think you understand. I'm buzzing about Georgia, Alabama, and Washington, Oregon. I think those two games really stand out. There's, oh, man, I'm so amped, dude. I'm, I'm so they both practically are playoff games. There are ways Alabama doesn't make it if even with the win but because that would be Texas FSU Oregon well I guess Oregon slash Washington whichever one wins um Texas FSU and then the Big Ten champ Michigan so if all the higher ranked teams take care of business um we're cooked there's a chance there's no SEC in the playoff this year. Which is crazy to think about, but but also probably the right thing. It's the right happens. thing. Yeah, because the playoff just can't set the precedent that the regular season doesn't matter. Yeah. Because even though Bama has absolutely been the better team in the stretch of this season, you, you can't put them in over the team that they lost to. No. And Texas gets a way easier test in the championship game. Yeah. But I mean, Alabama would have the best win of the entire college football season by beating yeah. Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know who has the best win right now? It's Washington against Oregon at home, no? Yeah. No, it's it's probably Michigan at home against, against Ohio State. Oh, that's probably true. That's probably that, true. That, that did just happen last week. But... Well, technically, isn't Oregon ahead of Ohio State in the college football playoff rankings? I mean, now... But they have the same record. I mean, they do. They do. So the play to the college football playoff committee, Washington has the best win. As we speak, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, we're about anyway, to get the second best win. Wait, behind Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Washington I and do. Alabama win this week. Best two wins of the year. It's it's happening, bro. I, I God. Um, you can't spell Shaw without W and A. Washington and Alabama. Washington and Alabama. Can't spell Coda without FSU. Oh, absolutely can. Um, anyway, shout out uh, my story of the week. Shout out Bobby Petrino. Kidding? <laughs> oh <laughs> no. No, you can't say you, you you can't say shout out Bobby but no. No, I'm not gonna let that happen. <laughs> That's unacceptable. They gave him his job back. This nah, is the best thing to happen to Wait, Bobby Petrino's the head coach? The offensive coordinator. What? Yeah, no. No way in hell I'm saying yeah to that. 
Bobby Petrino got his offensive coordinator spot at Arkansas after he was fired for. Oh Lord! If y'all don't know the story, go look it up. Uh, what a fun episode! There's a good <laughs> ATO video on Bobby Petrino. Yeah, it it's something. It goes, um, it goes across a lot of the Bobby Petrino lore. How was he getting a job in 2023? How? <laughs> Well, yeah, one of the few schools he's been fired at. Oh but the God. fact that he was fired for the incident at Arkansas, oh. and they let the they let him come back. Yeah, Bobby I Petrino believe in second chances, but Jesus Christ, Bobby Petrino runs college football. I don't care what you say. Bobby Petrino getting the A and M offensive coordinator job was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. He he's he runs college football. I don't care what you say. I, I feel like there's got to be some sort of like in, insider trading going on. He has to have some dirt on the NCAA. He's he got some dirt on the NCAA. I mean, yeah. everybody does. So, yeah. yeah, true. I mean, if anyone were to have dirt on somebody, it would be Bobby Petrino. God, the way he left the Falcons was so funny. Oh, Michael Vick went to jail. I'm out. I'm out and left letters for the players. Damn, <laughs> damn you to hell, Bobby Petrino. But God damn it, you're a champion this week. I don't care what they say. He's with you, to, with you to the end, Bobby. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Well, dude's a genius. Bobby Petrino has been coaching college football since 1983. Good lord. And he's and back it's 2023, football. and he's still here. Get him out. He'll never go away, Connor. He's undeniable. Forty years. It's forty years. He's, he's he was the head coach of Lamar Jackson in college. He oh, he sure was. Was the head coach of uh, um, Arkansas quarterback that passed away recently? Um, oh, I know Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. Is that yeah, Ryan, Ryan Mallett. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Ryan Mallett. Uh, um, yeah, man. Uh, Bobby Petrino runs college football. Ryan Mallett becomes like a 99 in Madden 12. I don't know why I'm saying this, but that's such a funny random fact. That is <laughs> you play two seasons and Ryan Mallett's the best quarterback in the NFL. Shout out Ryan Mallett, man. And uh, shout out... Uh, he had a good career. It wasn't a great one. But As... he was in the league for a long dang time. Who said you had a good career? Wasn't Oh, that was Michael Jordan talking about J.R. Smith. Mm-hmm. Well... Anyway, fun episode. We can go over the nominees for the the, the, the real thing next week during our recap episode. Um, the, the biggest award of the year. Um, anyway, we appreciate you guys so much. Seriously, man. The, 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 the things that y'all have um, allowed us to do on this stupid freaking podcast have been so fun. And we're, we're seriously appreciative of it. Um, I hope you guys continue to have as much fun with it as we are. Um, and I guess we can go ahead and announce it now. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys know, but we're not going anywhere. Next season, we will be back um, doing the same thing. It'll just be a full-fledged college football show. It won't just be um, back 12 anymore. Obviously, you know, our, our teams will be the focus, but um, we'll be talking about everybody, and I think it's going to be a ton of fun for everybody involved, and I think it'll be um, – fun for us because we can stop talking about a lot of these stinkers and have fun talking about great teams that we enjoy watching. Yeah. So. Yes, sir.
we're excited to keep it going, man. Uh, we love you guys. Seriously. Um, appreciate y'all and uh, peace. Peace. Peace out.